I'm Victoria Lawrence. It is appealing Everything the traffic will allow Nowhere could you have that happy feeling When you are stealing that extra bow There's no people like show people They smile when they are low Yesterday they told you you would not go far That night you opened and there you are Next day on your dressing room they found a star Let's go on with our show. Hello and welcome to another edition of Break a Leg. My name is Ian Cheeseman. Lovely to have your company. And as always, we've got three great guests for you in the first hour and then some great show tunes in the second hour. On the way, Kevin Kennedy formerly played Coronation Street's Curly Watts, of course. And we'll also uh, meet some of the cast of an Amdram performance of Titanic, which is taking place very, very soon. But first up, what's it like to be an understudy and to suddenly find that you're on in one of the main parts on the day of the show? Well, we'll find out from Ali Dart, the magnificent, because she was magnificent, Ali Dart, very, very soon. The show that she was understudying in was the untold story of Ursula the Sea Witch, which was a comedy, a parody musical, uh, which was at the Lowry Theatre in their Keys Theatre. It was brilliant. So we'll meet Ali right after a little sample from Unfortunate the Musical. It hurts being in love. You're on the hook now, honey, and your fellas up above. Reeling you in, I see it in your face, despair. You're stuck down here, he's living up there But then wait, in the dark, the light You're hoping out of your shill I will put everything right Can you? Can I? What do you think, boys? Okay, get up I want to see you Well, there isn't much there. You let the boys in, poison your little mind. You want to chase them up there and leave your kingdom behind? Well, hon, that is your choice to make. Your crown to give up and your future to break. So go on, bat your eyes, pop, throb, like I'm a little mermaid. What's that? Let's make hay, see which house has got all day. Take your shirt. 
great show and a great understudy performance. You would never know that Ali Dart wasn't the main character of the Sea Witch, which she performed when I saw her. And then I asked her what it was like, what it had been like to stand in at the last possible moment. Well, it was a very exciting day, a bit nerve-wracking. And in the morning, uh, we made the call that I would be going on. And because it's such a crazy time at the moment, you know, I thought it could happen at any moment because of COVID and everything's going around at the moment. But, yeah, we decided that I was going on. I'm really lucky because we've been working with this company, you know, I've been with Fat Rascal for six years. So I I know the show from 2019. I know Robin, the writer, director, and Ursula. And I I felt like I already had a grasp on maybe 50% of the show. Um, So then I got to work, you know, learning the rest of the lines, looking at the blocking and singing through the songs in my dressing room as much as I could. And then we were lucky enough to have a dress rehearsal. So that really, really helped. I think without that, I would have been a lot more nervous going on. Um, But we had a dress rehearsal, which let me find my feet and play with the character and like develop her a little bit more and let my nerves settle. Um, And then for the performance, I just went for it and gave it my all, really. I, I didn't think it would ever happen. And the fact that it did, I was just like, this could be the only time I'm going to play this fantastic character. Let's bring her to life. What blows my mind is that you are also an actress in the same show. You know, yeah. you have another part in your head. So <laughs> how do you transfer from one to the other so emphatically and so brilliantly? I think that was the strangest part was being on stage and then seeing my co-star playing what I usually like. I was going through her lines at the same time as my lines. It was, it was very weird. It was like a, a parallel universe. Um, but yeah, I sort of had to just block out the other part completely and just pretend that I'd, I'd never learned it. And I was just on Ursula. I just had to really get into her brain and her journey and not think about any of the other parts of the show, because otherwise I think I just would have exploded. So it was the first time you knew you were going to play that part literally nine, ten or something in the morning of the show. Uh, we'd had a conversation like weeks before going, oh, maybe, you know, you'll be the cover um, but again, you just you just don't think it's going to happen. So I'd done a bit of work and we were prepared, but we had been doing the Edinburgh version, which was a 70 minute version of the show. So it was very, you know, condensed. A lot of the songs had gone. A lot of the scenes had gone. And then coming to tour, we had to then do the two hour version. So I was, yeah put in the deep end being like oh gosh now we've got all of the rest of the songs and that all of us hadn't hadn't done in at least a month so all of us felt a bit like oh we're doing this new version again and then the fact that I was going into a new part I was like okay well at least we're all sort of learning it again together. (laughs) So what do you do do you you sit down there with the script literally and and just read it constantly through do you have somebody that works with you you know I I just can't can't get my head around how you would do that so quickly. (laughs) The cast were so, so supportive. Everyone was so lovely. So everyone was, you know, asking me if I needed anything, RMD, if I wanted to sing through anything, because I think that was my main um, worry was having never sung the songs before. You just like don't know how they're going to feel or how they're going to fit in your voice. Um, So again, the dress rehearsal was really helpful for that. But yeah, my co-stars were literally reading lines. The problem with me is I, I have to get up and do something to learn it. I can't just sit there and learn it on the page. So I was walking around my hotel room I'm like like reciting lines to myself and then my friends would come in and test me and I was like do it again do it again because I need to really get it in my brain before I go on stage otherwise I'll just make it up and you never know what's going to happen so they were testing me over and over again and then eventually yeah I think I think I put it off. (laughs) 
you definitely pulled it off. I mean, I, I, I see a lot of shows, and I go to the West End, I see big shows in Manchester, all over the place, actually. And when an announcement is made that says, the understudy is on tonight, certainly my wife, if not me, heart sinks, and you think, oh, we wanted to see the main one. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. As we sat there on the night that you were the understudy, my wife, who sat next to me, didn't know, oh, we're seeing the understudy. I wonder if it does you any favours, really, to say that, you know, that, that what the, it, it, because I, I say this completely, you know, with, with honesty, I can't imagine whoever it would normally have been to perform that part could have been any better than you were. So it, 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 it the wrong message is sent out almost, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, we wanted to create a very friendly, open, warm atmosphere before the show, just to, you know, lay all our cards on the table and just be like, hey, we're going to give you the best show we can and um, do our best. Because that's the main thing. We don't do it for us. We do it for the audiences. So we wa- we really wanted to make sure that everybody felt, you know, that they understood what was going on, but they also were just on site to have a great time because that's what the show is. It's such a laugh, as I'm sure you saw. But yes, Maybe people should come back and see it again with the main Ursula because, my gosh, she is fantastic. Well, that was the other question I was going to ask you. You, you then, the following night, presumably, or whenever it was that you went back to normal, yeah. and you play your own part again. Yeah, um, yeah. How, how does that feel? That must be a bit surreal then to be playing alongside Ursula when the yeah. day before you were Ursula. Yeah, it was really lovely, actually. It was like stepping back into an old, you know, comforting hug. <laughs> I was like, oh, I know what I'm doing here. I know where to go. I know everything. Yeah, it was it was really fun. And to go back to my old part, which is, it's running around. I play about like seven different characters and lots of puppets and stuff. So it was really nice to experience both. What was the one moment in the show when you were understudying, when you panicked, when you had a, a little doubt at all, or was it all smooth? It, it went as smooth as I could have hoped it would be, to be honest. It was, um, I just before I went on, I was, for the first line, I was just reciting that first monologue in my head because I was like, if I just, if I get that first in, then I know I'll be fine. So I just had to recite that first monologue and then when the curtains opened, I really went for it and I was like, okay, now once once the ball's rolling, then I thought I would be all right. Um, but yeah, it, it's good with Ursula because she's a narrator, because she talks to the audience so much. You can sort of get away with a little bit of um, improv, a little bit of interaction. You know, she's she's sort of like a stand up comedian, like she's she's got the audience in the palm of her hand. So I really felt the love of the audience and I felt like I could um, really take my time. And if I did ever have a doubt about what I was doing, I could just take a minute and, and just feed off the audience a little bit, which was really, really nice. Let's talk about the show a little bit. I mean, it's obviously a, a very different take on The Little Mermaid, if you yeah. like. Um, I mean, I'm I'm a fan of The Little Mermaid. I'm a fan of Disney. You know, I'm a you know a, <laughs> a proper Disneyoid, so whatever you want to call it. And but this is is a very clever, um, I think, hilarious parody, which deserves a bigger stage. Aww. Am I right in thinking that the show started in the Fringe? Or yeah, yeah. So we did it in 2019 at the Edinburgh Fringe, um, again, as a like 60 minute version. And that was the first time we'd ever done it. And it got an incredible response. We sold out the, the whole run, which is incredible. And then we went on to do like a little mini Christmas tour in Birmingham and at the Leicester Curve. And then after that, 
we all know what happened. The pandemic hit. So we had always had plans to make it a longer show and we wanted it to be bigger and better because the fans were amazing for the for the response that we got as well. So we knew that we wanted it to come back. So we were waiting and waiting and planning. So much planning has gone into this show. You know, the guys were writing new songs, writing new material and all our set and costume was getting bigger and better. And then finally, this year has been the year we've been able to bring the proper two hour version to audiences and yeah I think it's gone down really well it's very exciting well I saw it at the, the, the Lowry in the smaller theatre and I felt it deserved more than that is oh. there a hope that this will continue on and, and expand I mean is there any any hope that it could be in the West End or anything because it, it's a fantastic show oh thank you yeah that's definitely the dream we would love we would absolutely love to go to the West End. We think that people would just love this show. Like, it's so much fun. The thing that Fat Rascal was known for is putting female leads at the front of the story and also, you know, weaving some cheeky messages in there and getting people to learn something or um, discussing topics that sometimes people would be a bit shy about discussing. So that's what this show does. Also filled with fabulous laughter, hysterical, raunchy jokes as well. So we think it would be the f- perfect fit for the West End. So fingers crossed, you know. It's an adult show. It's got a, it's got a little bit of Book of Mormon about it in the yeah, yeah, diversity yeah. Of, the, of the show, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. A lot of people say that. They say they see Wicked, a bit of Book of Mormon, which is a massive compliment because we love both of those shows. So we're like, if they can do it, you know, fingers crossed we can do it. Why not? Fingers crossed for Ali Dart and the rest of the cast of Unfortunate, uh, the parody musical about the sea witch in The Little Mermaid. But I thought maybe a good way to end this little section, that was Ali Dart, of course, is to perform or hear you have the performance of Melissa McCarthy as the sea witch in the latest version of The Little Mermaid, Poor Unfortunate Souls. And I fortunately know a little magic. It's a talent that I have possessed and here lately please don't laugh I use it on behalf of the miserable lonely and depressed pathetic in pain in need this one longing to be thinner that one wants to get the girl and do I help him yes indeed Flocking to my cauldron, Craig spells us and I please and I help him. Yes, I do. Now, it's happened once or twice. Someone couldn't pay the price. And I'm afraid I had to rake him across the coast. Yes, I've had the odd complaint. But on the whole, I've been a saint. To those So here's the deal. I'll whip up a little potion to make you human for three days. Got that? Three days. Before the sun sets on the third day, you and Princey must share a kiss. And not just any kiss. A kiss of true love. If you do, you will remain human permanently. But if you don't, you'll turn back into a mermaid. And you belong to me. We got a deal? I don't know. Life's full of t- 
tough choices, isn't it? No. This is wrong. I can't do this. Fine, then. Forget about the world and love. Go back home to Daddy. Your local radio station. This is Ribble FM. What a funny noise it's making. Well, she's only talking. Talking? Yes, all engines talk to you, especially when you get to know them. What's it saying? She's saying... Chitty, 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 chitty. Bang, bang. Chitty, 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 bang, bang. Chitty, chitty, bang, bang. Chitty, bang, bang, chitty, chitty, bang, bang. Chitty, bang, bang, chitty, chitty, bang, bang. Chitty, chitty, bang, bang. 
Chitty Chitty Bang Bang from the live show, of course, which at one time did have Kevin Kennedy, Curly Watts, Coronation Street, as the child catcher. But more recently, I've seen him in Rock of Ages, and he's brilliant in that as well, and had a chance to catch up with him. This is one of my absolute favourite all-time interviews with Kevin Kennedy, talking about what makes him and theatre and all acting and everything. Why is it so magical and how does he do it? It's all about showing off at the end. It's all about... Um, showing off your all your skills. I mean, I enjoy, uh, I enjoy it all. I enjoy. Uh, I mean, the ideal kind of vehicle or play is something where you get to do all of it in in, in one show. Um, I think the the mode the closest I've got to that was maybe Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, which was a hell of a a hell of a part uh, playing Caracticus Potts, which uh, again Jason's done. Uh, and he told me um, that it worked out at nine miles a show <laughs> uh, that you put in that that the, that lead character actually did. Uh, so and it was it was a full on acting, singing, uh, spectacular uh, comedy, uh, and all the things that I've learned over the years was kind of put into one into one show. So, but so to answer your question, I don't, I, there's, there's no, there's no answer to it. I, I like doing it all. The beauty of this is I get to do different kinds of things. I mean, Coronation Street, God love it. I was kind of doing the same thoughts, same sort of thing over, over and over again, um, which is fine. And that, that was brilliant. But with theatre, you know, you, you play something for maybe six months or to a year and then you go on to another project and which is totally different. Um, so it's variety is the spice of life, you know, and, and, and you're very kind saying those things. But, uh, yeah, I've, I've learned them on the way, on the road from, from some great people. You know, I, I learned from, I mean, I learned a lot from people like Brian Connolly, um, who I think is probably one of our finest musical theatre people. Um, not just him, there's, there's, there's a, a rake of others and, uh, uh, and I learn off some a graduate who who has just come into the to the the industry, and I watch what they do, and I pick things up off them. So you're never too old to to learn uh, in this business, and that's what makes it interesting because there is no there's no end to it. You know, you can't know it all. You can't know all the tricks. You can't know all the the ways around how to do a scene and how to make people laugh. Um, and I've worked with some amazing people who who I'm very grateful to. See, that's very interesting what you've just said. When I think back to the iconic TV scene that you did, um, you know, with Raquel and Curly, the brilliant yeah. Sarah Lancashire, and, and something that will stick in people's minds and still stick in people's minds, that was a sort of, well, you tell me, that was a sort of, you would have rehearsed it and then performed it and then it's gone. Would you have yeah. loved to have done that, you know, and been able to hone it on stage or... or uh, I think if we'd have done it on stage, I think it would have it would have been a lot a lot different. I think because of the the rehearsal time we had, we'd have a long a really long time to rehearse that. Uh, um, the the two hander we did, we we had some we had about we had about a week to rehearse that. Yeah, we rehearsed it at the Royal, Royal Exchange, so that was quite theatrical to a certain extent. But the other the other stuff we just learned on the day. And did it, and I think that gave it a quality that you wouldn't get in the theatre. Yeah, the quality was because it was really fresh. It was really fresh, and sometimes you have to make a decision <clears throat> how you are going to do it um, there and then. 
and sometimes you know I think I, our first instincts were correct but if our instincts hadn't have been correct or my instinct or Sarah's instinct hadn't have been correct then it would have been a totally different thing um, uh, it, it would have been an interesting thing to put on the to put on on the stage I suppose but um, I don't think it would have held an audience as much as, as it did on the TV because it was extremely dramatic um, and, and and it really it, it fitted TV better um, I think it might have been a bit dull for the, not dull, dull's the wrong word. I think maybe I don't know, a little grey for for a stage. I saw Shawshank Redemption recently at the Lowry and that, that's quite an intense play, you know, and, yeah. and you think how's that gonna transfer from television to stage and the thing that uh, Joe Absalom was in that a former EastEnders actor and, and I interviewed him and asked him you know, how do you do that night after night and yet reproduce the intensity of the acting? And it's mm. all right to do it once with Sarah, um, yeah. you know, in a sort of week-long yeah. thing. But you, you're, you, when you go on stage and he and, and all actors are repeating over and over again this intensity, I always wonder how you do that because when I sit there in the audience, it feels like you're doing it just for me and it's the first time you've ever performed it. How do you do that? Well, that's well. There's, there's two. There's two parts to that. The, the the answer to that is the first part is 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 the audience is there, and and every night is there are subtleties, there are differences because of the audience reaction, and and the the reason why it seems fresh is because we know it's fresh for them, and they react differently. Uh, you know, you're going to maybe get a, a laugh on a line or a gasp, or. You can feel the audience, the tension in the audience ratching up, and 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 that carries you along. As I said before, it is a, it's a shared experience, um, and 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 there's, there's us and the, the audience, and we're together, and we're together as soon as the music starts or the or the first line is uttered. Then we are together in that in that journey, and no matter what what it may bring, um, as I say, each audience is, uh, are slightly different. They react to different things. They they laugh at different things, and that keeps you on your toes. And the second part of it, that is the arts. That is what we do. Um, um, and it is, um, I think, because well, personally, I've been doing it for so long that now it's all like a muscle memory. Um, is I've got one foot in reality, and I've got one foot in the story on the stage um, because I've I've got to be aware. Um, I can't be totally immersed in, in what I'm doing on the stage. I think because this is just me for me personally, I have to keep kind of one ear on the audience to, to see what they're going to do and, and to, and to play the audience, especially in comedy. Um, not so much in drama, but certainly in, in comedy, you've got to be, uh, in tune with the audience and you've got to, to play the room and, and cause a, a raucous Friday night audience in Glasgow is going to be totally different from, a Stoke matinee, you know, and you've still got to give that that audience what they want uh, within the realms and the confines of the story. Um, so that and that is the art. That is that is the art of acting. Is is to, to is listening. Is not just listening to the other actors, which is absolutely paramount, but also having a, a half an ear on the audience just to to see what what how they're reacting. The musicals that I go and see repeatedly are always driven by the music. You know, yeah. you, it's like playing your favourite album. How, how, how important is music to you within a musical? 
Well, musical, I, musicals was a new thing to me. I didn't when I left Corey, which is what nine twenty twenty years ago now. Um, musical, I'd never done a musical. Uh, I'd been in the pit. Um, I'd played a bass uh, for 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 pantos and things, uh, but I'd never actually sort of done one, and it seemed like a natural progression. Uh, people of a certain age around Manchester will know I played in various and various bands um, for years. Um, so I thought, well, and it was um, Johnny Wilkes who is uh, who is uh, a theatre actor. He said, "Come and do Rocky Horror with me," which is funny enough one of my favourite shows. I went to see it actually the other night. It's still as fresh and still as brilliant and still as exciting. Uh, and uniquely British uh, as it ever was. Uh, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that. And to your listeners, if if you get a chance to go and see this production, it's out now. Please do because it's, it's it's great. Um, it's amazing how many times, by the way, it's reinvented. Because I've seen it on stage a couple of times. And yeah. you think, well, I mean, that was very different than the way I saw yeah. it last time. Yeah. Well, I, I I took the kids to see it, my girls to see it, and they've seen it once before. Um, and my little, when I was doing it, I did it, as I said, 20 odd years ago with Johnny Wilkes. And I, and I loved it. I, I loved it. Again, this is a different meat. This is a different kettle of fish from any theatre that you do because uh, musicals, because it has its own language. Uh, you know, the, instead of understood as you have swings and covers. And, and I'd never heard of the, this before. You know, I thought, what's a swing? You know, I'd never heard of that or cover. Um, uh, and a different way, a different style of doing it, and it's difficult because with musicals, um, the to use a, a, a football parlance, if I may, it's it's a series of set pieces, uh, and in between these set pieces are very small scenes which link it all together. Now, in a normal play, you'd have maybe twenty pages or, or ten pages to get your character over get what that guy's all about or, 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 or girl is about um, and you can tell the audience the information that they need to know about that character in the space of of 10 pages in musicals you might have maybe two pages and that's a very difficult and and because you've got to get it all in um, uh, and it's hard it's a lot harder than straight plays because if you don't get it right, it just becomes a series of really lovely songs with a few crap scenes linking it together. Whereas if it's done well, the scenes are as are as vital and probably more important, I think, than the songs. And that's again, that's we were talking about Shakespeare and pantomime. This is a total different way of doing it, and you've got to be really on it to to get your character uh, and what you're about within those three pages whereas on a normal play you've got 10 15 pages um and that's that's what that's what makes it interesting and that's what makes it difficult and that's what makes it brilliant when it comes off one of the best musical theatre actors I've seen in recent years, but also a fantastic performer on television as well, the brilliant Kevin Kennedy, who is so much more than Curly Watts in Coronation Street. Rock of Ages, a show he's been touring with most recently, has in it this song, Can't Fight This Feeling. Lonnie, what are you doing with the Fogmaster 5000? It's ours. I thought you might... Okay, I put in some calls. I'm not worried about that. I just 
Gisburn. This is your local radio station. This is Ribble FM. Just before we meet uh, three of the actors performing in an Amdram performance of Titanic at the Festival Hall in Denton late in July, here's Crackling Rosie. Now, you know that by Neil Diamond, but just recently on Broadway, the beautiful noise of Neil Diamond the musical has opened. Here is that song. Oh, look. 
Broadway, that is a beautiful noise, a Neil Diamond musical. So next up, and to finish this hour, we're going to meet some of the cast of Titanic, an Amdram production which is being performed at the Festival Hall in Denton from the 17th to the 25th of July. Now, it doesn't matter where Amdrams are, they can be all over the northwest, and I'd love you to tell me about one near you as well, uh, because this is all about passion, it's all about a love of theatre and about champions of the community. And that's what these people are. Hi, I'm Rose and I'm playing Delia Watts. Hi, I'm Sue and I'm playing the unsinkable Molly Brown. Hello, I'm Alan and I'm playing Front of House. So, here we are, three of you are involved in Titanic the Musical, which sounds really exciting. First of all, give us a little flavour of what you've been doing to get to the stage we're at now, which is still in rehearsal. How's, how much of a commitment is that and what have you been doing to get this far? Um, so, so far we do a Wednesday and Thursday at the Festival Hall and um, we've been running through the script and doing our song in, songs and dancing and we've got a live orchestra as well so we've been trying to put the songs that we've been rehearsing in with the orchestra and kind of everyone just comes and gets involved. And you're, I mean, you're quite young, aren't you? So t- what, how have you got into this? I mean, how old are you and why, why are you doing this? Um, so I'm 14 and um, I've always been passionate about the arts and I was looking for a place that kind of, um, where everyone's involved, everyone's creative and also a place that, um, see, because Janet writes her own scripts, it's original and everyone kind of puts a bit of their own ideas in so that everybody feels like in the finished product they've had a part in it. So um, that's what I enjoy. It and and so you're playing an Irish character, does that mean you've got to have an Irish accent? Well, um, I'm working on it. Hopefully, by the time it comes, I will do. But it's hard to kind of get the mix of... Because I've got to sing as well. Singing an Irish accent's going to be hard. <laughs> now, you're not quite as young as... Uh, no, I'm not. Uh, you know, you're you're, you're yeah. a little older. I'm 21 plus VAT. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you come into this, then? What, what's your motivation to do uh, this? Well, my motivation was I was going to be an extra because, of course, Janet and the team had been coming into the centre and we, we were part of the women's group and then uh, the auditions were, were happening 
happening. So we went along, me and my sister-in-law and a couple of others, thinking we were just going to be extra sort of swanning around. Somehow we've all ended up with parts uh, and I've got to do some speaking and some dancing and some singing, which will probably clear the place when I start singing, but luckily it's only a line. Yeah. And you're playing a character that everybody's familiar with who knows the Titanic story, Molly yeah. Brown. Yeah. Is there a bit of pressure on you to, to deliver this one? No, I've not even watched the film. I'm just doing the Mancunian. You've never watched the film? No, I haven't. I'm doing, well, I know how it ends, don't I? So I'm going to actually do the Mancunian version of Molly Brown because I can't do accents. You know, I've been throwing off games with my granddaughter because I'm not good at accents. So I'm going to do the best I can. But uh, I'm sure it will be interesting. Tell me a little bit about your background then as well. Yeah. Why, why are you involved in this? Well, it all started when I came in here. I what we're saying here, we mean... Yeah, the community centre in uh, Denton. I bumped into Janet and a couple of her friends, started chatting to them, and they told me about what was going on, so I just left my phone number. A couple of weeks later, I didn't expect it, I got a phone call offer. You've got a part in... Uh, a show at the Coliseum, Oldham. And since then, I've been coming round to the rehearsals on a Thursday night and got another part. So you haven't got a theatrical background, then? This is something well, that's come to you later in life, is it? Yeah, only last year. Yeah, it's just I was doing nothing at a loose end a bit and uh, went along. Janet had a chat with me and she... She saw something that I didn't see. <laughs> how, does, how does this make a difference to you as a person then being involved in this? It's just something else to, to do. Now I'm retired, it's something else to do. What did you do before? Uh, I was, uh, I worked at, uh, well, I did 38 years on training bus drivers, then uh, a few years at uh, Thameside College doing a, assessing and IVing work. And I still work, like I'm working today at uh, Concert, Coldplay. I work at City. And of Just course, I, I don't know if you're aware of this, but um, Only Fools and Horses had a Uncle Albert character. Yeah. And he was actually a bank manager, I think. And it was only when he retired that he actually went into acting. So maybe this is a new career for you, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I'm quite enjoying it. It's a, a nice group. And we all seem to get on. So, yeah, if Janet's doing another one after this, maybe a pantomime, I wouldn't mind being a Dave. <laughs> what does it feel like to be on stage then? I mean, you know, if, if this is something that you've not been familiar with all your life, correct me if I'm wrong, what does it feel like to be up on the stage with those lights on you and, right. the, and the audience reacting? Uh, in, my, in my paid work, I used to do presentations and training, and so I was used to that, but this is very different because I could remember a whole presentation, I could remember this, that and the other training programmes, but what I have to do now is remember a script that is not written by me. So that is a real skill, and when you've been retired a few years, it's not quite, your brain cells aren't working quite the same. So it's actually quite a good challenge because they say you do something different every day and keep learning, you know, once you retire. So I think I'm definitely learning something, certainly the dancing as well. Are you, a, you say you didn't watch the film, but are you a theatre fan? Do you go and watch theatre? I do like theatre, yeah, yeah. And, and since COVID, I haven't been quite, I haven't been at all, but uh, yeah, I do like the theatre. But having said that, I can't remember anything that would help me, you know, because obviously they're really professional actors. The only thing I've done that's anything like acting was some years ago, me and two police officers did a, a, a thing about domestic abuse, you know, 
it was based on Punch and Judy and I was the baby so uh, obviously that isn't going to help me with this you know because uh, all I did was cry and say mummy you know and all that but uh, you know I don't mind it I like trying different things you know it's what life's about isn't it theatre yeah. in Manchester, I mean I go to a lot of shows in Manchester, it's yeah. very very varied oh, as a young person, 14 years of age, is theatre that something that's relevant to you to watch, I mean I know you're involved in this production but is that something that really excites you, watching theatre? Yeah it definitely does and um, especially the community around theatre, it's things that aren't really talked about a lot in Manchester because um, kind of even though these kind of big theatre happens we don't really see what goes on in the background and it's a lot of hard work and um, and to put on a big production like this especially in a place that hasn't had a production in there is bringing the arts to a place that hasn't had it before and um, I think that's really special. How much does arts ma- matter to you then? I mean what when you're you, you go to school obviously and you do other things do other friends talk to you about theatre musical theatre or is are you do you feel as if you're the only one? Um, well, at school, theatre isn't really seen as a cool thing to do. It's kind of seen as um, kind of an uncool, unpopular thing to do. But I really like theatre and I see that maybe the reason why it's seen as so uncool is that people aren't getting involved or nothing, things like this. So um, even though my friends don't talk about it, when I come to Ensemble Theatre, everyone there loves theatre and they were part of a community, so that's really nice. You think you're unusual because all the time I've been sat with you, you haven't had a phone in your hand, you haven't been texting anybody, you haven't been looking, you know, and that is quite unusual among young people these days, isn't it? Theatre is all about giving it 100% attention, whether you're on stage or you're off stage, for maybe two two hours. That, I don't see a lot of youngsters doing that these days, so are you unusual, do you think? <laughs> yeah, I think so, and I think maybe that's a big part of why... Um, theatre isn't as popular in young people because we're kind of, during social media, we kind of shut everything out whereas if we're more um, aware of our environment and we're getting involved in more things like this um, it'd be a a lot more of a bigger thing You're not going to get me to disagree, those are very wise words, aren't they? (laughs) Yeah, very Yeah, very I mean, we're, a, we're a, you know, you and I, us, us, you two and me are of a different generation. We, we're used to watching things and paying full attention to it, but those are very wise words, aren't they, from a young person? And it encourages you to think that the world's in safe hands. Well, it does. I mean, I've got, I've got a, lot of, um, I, I, a lot of respect for young people. They get a really bad press. A lot of my working life was working with young people. And I saw a lot of people giving up time to do good for other people you know, really altruistic. And what I've seen at Ensemble is that being played out again because they're actually helping us that, you know, are a bit wary and, you know, my singing voice is, like, dreadful. And I was a bit apprehensive about singing, you know, because I've been at concerts and my sister said, can you not mime, you know? So... uh, they're sort of saying, no, come on, you can do it, you know, and, and and I think as we're all getting to know each other, we're having a bit of a laugh as well, which makes it a lot easier, you know, so it's certainly bridging a lot of gaps because it's a really inclusive group of people that have come together and I think we're all learning from each other, but yeah, the young people have been fantastic, they really have. I'm told that some of the songs in this show are songs that people will be familiar with. Uh, is, is there a song in the show that you three can agree on that I can play on my radio show now to represent this particular version? Shall we go with you as the younger person? 
Um, well, I sing New York, Empire States of Mind by Alicia Keys. And I think that's a really good song to represent um, New Hope in the show. Brilliant. Well, we'll play it for you. Break a leg. Have a great show. Yeah. I'm sure you'll um, you'll be able to sing in tune and all sorts of no, stuff. No, there's no chance of that. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually murdering Forever Young by Becky Hill. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll not play that one. We'll no. play. <laughs> but anyway, have fun, enjoy, yeah, and break a leg. It's, it's nice to see them re-doing something with Festival Hall because it's sat idle. It's nice to have some... Hopefully, this will give it a new lease of life and some things, more things will be on at Festival Hall. It's nice to go there for something other than a Covid jab, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just thinking of the Titanic reignites the, uh, or reinvigorates yeah. the Festival Hall. What a nice circle that is. Absolutely. Break a leg. Yeah. Thank you. Looking forward to that particular show. Uh, three of the actors, of course, in Titanic, which will be at the Festival Hall in Denton, 17th to the 25th of July. And if you know about an Amdram production in your area and you want to share it with me, feel free to contact me. I'm on Twitter. My direct messages are open. It's at Ian Cheeseman. And I'd love to be telling the story of your Amdram because they are so, so important to the health of theatre. Now, I don't suppose that that particular version will feature the song My Heart Will Go On, which, of course, is most associated with the Titanic, Celine Dion. But I'm going to play that song now to bring us to the end of this first hour. Don't go anywhere. We've got loads of great music on the way in the second hour. Uh, all great, great uh, songs from shows. I'm Ian Cheeseman. This is Break a Leg and this is Celine Dion. My heart will go on.
Chester, Warley, Longridge. This is your local radio station. This is Ribble FM. There's a grief that can't be spoken. There's a pain goes on and on. Empty chairs at empty tables. Now my friends are dead and gone. Here they talked of revolution. Here it was they lit the flame. Here they sang about tomorrow. And tomorrow never came. From the table in the corner, they could see a world reborn. And they rose with voices ringing. And I can hear them now. The very words that they had sung became the last communion. From a lonely barricade at dawn Oh my friends, my friends, forgive me But I live and you are gone There's a grief that can't be spoken There's a pain goes on and on Phantom faces at the window Phantom shadows on the floor Empty chairs at empty tables Where my friends will meet no more Oh, my friends, my friends Don't ask me What your sacrifice was for Empty chairs at empty tables Where my friends will sing no more. On 106.7 FM, streaming from our website and on smart speakers, live and local across the Ribble Valley. Ribble FM News. From the Sky News Centre at 10, police have reopened an investigation into potential breaches of COVID restrictions at the Conservative Party HQ. Scotland Yard says new evidence has emerged about an event in December 2020. A separate gathering in Parliament during the same month is also being looked at. Reports claim the MP Bernard Jenkin was there. Our chief political correspondent, John Craig, says he was on the committee which investigated whether Boris Johnson lied to Parliament. Supporters of Boris Johnson will again cry foul and say this shows that he should not have been uh, in adjudication of Mr Johnson over Partygate because he himself had breached the regulations. Witch hunt and kangaroo court they called it. 
It's understood Israeli forces have begun withdrawing from the Palestinian city of Jenin this evening. At least 12 people have died during the military operation in the occupied West Bank. The family of a mother and her two children who were murdered in a flat fire say their killer's actions were utterly heartless and cruel. Jamie Barrow started the blaze last November in Nottingham. A charity set up in honour of Captain Sir Tom Moore says it stopped taking donations or making payments. It says it's because of an ongoing charity commission investigation into its finances, which it says it's cooperating fully with. Sport and Wimbledon, Andy Murray beat fellow Brit Ryan Penniston in straight sets. The Princess of Wales and tennis legend Roger Federer were watching on from the Royal Box. Murray joked it was pleasing to see some support from the 20-time Grand Slam winner. Last time I was on this court and he was watching was during the Olympics and he sat in Stan Wawrinka's box and was supporting <laughs> against me, so it was nice to see... <laughs> a couple of claps today after some good shots. And British number one Cameron Norrie got past Czech Thomas Mahutch in four sets, but Dan Evans couldn't follow them into the second round. He's been knocked out by Quentin Alice of France. That's the latest. I'm Victoria Lawrence. I'm Ian Cheeseman, this is Break a Leg, and in this hour we concentrate on the great, great music from some of the great, great musicals. And I'll pick three of the very best for this hour. We'll be hearing from the greatest showman later on from Les Miserables. Well, first of all, the sound of music. Does it get any better than this? Sing, you begin with do, re, mi, 
just happen to be Do, re, mi Do, re, mi Do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti Oh, let's see if I can make it easier Do, a deer, a female deer Ray, a drop of golden sun Me, a name I call myself Far, a long, long way to run So, a needle pulling thread La, a note to follow so Tea, a drink with jam and bread That will bring us back to dough Oh, 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 dough A deer, a female deer Ray, a drop of golden sun Me, a name I call myself a long, long way to run So, a needle pulling thread La, a note to follow so Tea, a drink with jam and bread That will bring us back to dough A deer, a female deer Rain, a drop of golden sun Me, a name I call children, do, re, mi, fa, so, and so on are only the tools we use to build a song. Once you have these notes in your heads, you can sing a million different tunes by mixing them up, like this. So, do, la, fa, mi, do, re. Can you do that? So, do, la, fa, mi, do, re. So, do, la, ti, do, re. it all together. So, do, la, fa, mi, do, re. So, do, la, ti, do, re, do. Good. But it doesn't mean anything. So we put in words. One word for every note. Like this. When you know the notes to sing, you Sing. 
If I was to put my favourite musicals in order, it would be very, very hard to actually pick a number one, a number two, number three, whatever. And I, I guess it depends on the mood you're in. But one thing for sure is that when I was growing up, as a little kid, sat on my mum's knee watching the telly, when she'd put the sound of music on, I can't say I was that enthusiastic. And it used to be on every year, didn't it? But as I've grown older, I've come to realise what an absolutely magnificent show and musical it was. I mean, I've seen live versions of it as well, but the brilliant Julie Andrews, um, you just cannot beat Julie Andrews, and that's why these songs are all from the musical film. You've heard Do Re Me, I've been lucky enough to go to Salzburg and see where that was filmed, send the music as well. And here's a quirky little one that I love just as much as the big ones, because we can't play them all. This is Lonely Goat Herd. A lonely goat herd lay, hood lay, hood lay, Loud was the voice of the lonely goat herd lay, hood lay, hood Folks in a town that was quite remote herd lay, hood lay, hood lay, Lusty and clear from the goat herd's throat herd lay, hood lay, hood Of a castle moat herd lay, or lay, or lay. Men on a road with a load to tote herd lay, or lay, or Mending the mist of a tarful goat herd lay, or lay, or lay. Men drinking beer with a foam of float herd lay, or lay, or lay. One little girl in a pale pink. Wait 
little girl on an empty stage for fate to turn the light on. Your life, little girl, is an empty page that men will want to write on. To write on. You are sixteen, going on seventeen. Baby, it's time to think. Better beware, be canny and careful. Baby, you're on the brink. You are sixteen, going on seventeen. Fellows will fall in line. Eager young lads and roues and cads will offer you food and wine. Totally unprepared are you to face a world of men. Timid and shy and scared are you of things beyond your kin. You need someone older and wiser telling you what to do. I am seventeen, going on eighteen. I'll take care of you. I am sixteen, going on seventeen. What do I know of those? Totally unprepared am I to face a world of men. Timid and shy and scared am I of things beyond my ken. I need someone older and wiser telling me what to do. Can actually visit the gazebo where that was filmed. It's not actually still at location. It's in a park nearby, but I'm not going to go through the whole thing. But if you go to Salzburg, if you get a chance, go on the Salt uh, Sound of Music tour, and you'll see many of these sights. Now, if there's one song that guarantees to make me cry, and I am a bit of a crybaby, I will cry at anything. Then it is Edelweiss. My uh, mother-in-law was Austrian, my mum was German, and therefore it has a little bit of a special resonance for me, and I love Austria. And this is about the national flower of Austria, the Edelweiss. And it doesn't get any better than this, honestly. Morning you greet me, small 
Sound of Music, the brilliant Edelweiss that's from, finishes of course with them walking over the mountains into Switzerland. Local radio station.
This is Ribble FM. Hugh Jackman, who starred in the film version of Les Miserables, was also, of course, in The Greatest Showman, which we're going to feature a little bit later on. And he played um, the, the star character, of course, in the film, the one that's all about, Jean Valjean. And this is the opening song, and it was magnificently filmed. This is Look Down. And your parole's begun. You know what that means. Yes, he's so free. No. Follow to the letter your itinerary. This badge of shame will show it till you die. It warns you're a dangerous man. Stole a loaf of bread. My sister's child was close to death. We were starving. You'll starve again unless you learn the meaning of the law. Know the meaning of those 19 years The slave of the law Five years for what you did The rest because you tried to run Yes, 24601 My name is Jean Valjean And I'm Javert Do not forget my name Do not forget me 24601 Yeah. 
How strange it tastes. Never forget the years, the waste. Nor forgive them for what they have done. They are the guilty, everyone. The day begins, and now let's see what this new world On my own, pretending he's beside me. Without him, I feel his arms around me And when I lose my way, I close my eyes And he has found me And I know it's only in my mind That I'm talking to myself and not to him And a live version of On My Own from Les Miserables before that looked down and now one of those songs that you either absolutely love to bits because so many people have selected this as their favourite song or maybe it's not one of your favourites from this show but I think it is this is Stars Out in the darkness a fugitive running Fallen from God Fallen from grace God be my witness I never shall yield Till we come face to face Till we come face to face He knows his way in the dark Mine is the way of the Lord Those who follow the path of the righteous Shall have their reward And if they fall as Lucifer fell The flames, the soul 
In your multitudes Scarce still be counted Filling the darkness With order and light You are the sentinels Silent and sure Keeping watch in the night Keeping watch in the night You know your place in the sky You hold your course and your aim And each in your season returns and returns And is always the same And if you fall as Lucifer fell You fall in flames And so it must be For so it is written On the doorway to paradise That those who falter and those who fall Must pay the price Lord let me find him That I may see him Safe behind bars I will never rest Till then This I swear This I swear That stars from the film Les Miserables. Two more from Les Miserables on uh, Break a Leg with me, Ian Cheeseman. I'm going to play them back to back. You're going to hear Bring Him Home. Of course, you had to hear that song by the brilliant Alfie Bow, which I had the great pleasure of seeing him singing it live. And then from the film, this was an Oscar winner in its own right. The brilliant Anne Hathaway, and I dreamed a dream. There was a time when men were kind. When their voices were soft And their words inviting There was a time when love was blind And the world was a song And the song was exciting There was a time And it all went wrong I dreamed a dream in time gone by And hope was high and life worth living I dreamed that love would never die I dreamed that God would be forgiving Then I was young and unafraid Some dreams were made used wasted There was no ransom to be paid No song 
Burn, Ribchester. This is your local radio station. This is Ribble FM. We do this every week. It's a show called Break a Leg. My name is Ian Cheeseman. Same time, same channel. Each and every week, we do great interviews with people who've been in the West End, on Broadway, in Amdrams, in Manchester touring. Doesn't matter who they are. They're always welcome on this show, as indeed you are, if you're in an Amdram and you want to talk about it. But these uh, that I'm playing in this hour are some of the greatest musicals of all time. What about this one? The Greatest Showman and a Million Dreams. I close my eyes and I can see A world that's waiting up for me That I call my own Through the dark, through the door, through where no one's been before, but it feels like home. They can say, they can say it all sounds crazy. They can say, they can say I've lost my mind. I don't care, I don't care, so call me crazy.
I'm gonna send a flood, gonna drown a This is brave, this is bruised, this is who I meant to be, this is me. This is me, all about diversity, of course. Great, great song, The Greatest Showman. Two more to go from The Greatest Showman. Next up is the ballad, Tightrope. Some people long for a life that is simple and planned. Tied with a ribbon, some people won't sell the sea. Cause they're safer on land To follow what's written But I'd follow you To the great unknown Of to a world We call our own Hand in my hand And we promise to never let go We're walking a tightrope High in the sky We can see the whole world down below We're walking a tightrope
Tightrope from Greatest Showman. One more to go. Could have picked any of a number of songs here, but we're going to finish with Rewrite the Stars, which was performed by Zac Efron and Zendaya. If you're going to a musical this week, or you're performing in one, or you may be just uh, in rehearsals for one, then break a leg. Remember, I'll be back next week, same time, same channel, with more great songs from the shows and more great interviews. This is Break a Leg, and this is Rewrite the Stars. You know I want you It's not a secret I try to hide I know you want me So don't keep saying our hands are tied You claim it's not in the cards Fate is pulling you miles away And out of reach from me But you're here in my heart So who can stop me if I decide That you're my destiny What if we Say you were made to be mine Nothing could keep us apart You'd be the one I was meant to find It's up to you and it's up to me No one can say what we get to be So why don't we
Listen to Ribble FM anytime, anywhere. Download our dedicated smartphone app. Go to ribblefm.com. FM streaming from our website and on smart speakers live and local across the Ribble Valley Ribble FM <laughs> 